Live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Pots, Pans, and Pat on Clear Lake Radio, part of the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. This is a show where nothing is off the table. You know, for me growing up, the kitchen table was always the heart of our home. It was where we had the best conversations with friends and family. And thank you guys for pulling up a chair today and just joining me around the table. Uh, my name is Chef Pat Mayberry. I am the host and the executive chef at Southern Elegance Catering. And today I'm very excited to have with me today Ron Dodson of Captain Q and the Crew uh, from beautiful Santa Fe, Texas. Thanks a lot, Ron, for pulling up a chair at the table to, with me today. Glad to be here. Um, did you know March was National Sauce Month? I've seen that today. <laughs> now, there are a few things in my life that I find more perfect than a perfect steak with a great chimichurri sauce. Do you have a favorite sauce for anything? I like a good tomato sauce. Not a, a thick marinara, just a smooth, mellow sauce. Yeah, yeah. You put it with pasta, whichever. I mean, it just it goes really little, little chicken. There are all kinds of things you can do with that. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a great thing. So, um, where's home for you originally? Home originally was Orange, Texas. Orange, Texas. Yeah. That's just down the road, uh, a little ways. How did you end up in Santa Fe? I ended up. I was working construction down here. Okay, and, and like the area, we ended up staying. Great. Um, what are some of your earliest memories about food as a kid? I know my mom and my grandmother were both amazing cooks, so I just kind of grew up around it. What about you? That was the same for me. My mom and my grandmother were always cooking. They were always in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Anytime it was a family event, it was a food event. I mean, yeah. just anything, southern food, Cajun food. Like I grew up right there in Orange and on the Sabine River. Right. We always had an abundance of fresh seafood, things like that. And I like to tell people I was raised poor. My grandfather raised cattle. We had a garden, and my, my dad shrimped. So we were raised on steak and shrimp, and that was right. poor people's food for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same at the same time, you know, you weren't going to the store. That was a, a cow that you guys raised and slaughtered, and that was, you know, if you didn't catch something, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't eat that day. I think I was 16 years old before I seen a styrofoam tray with cellophane in it. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> Ours always came wrapped in white. Yep, yep. Um, now, what kind of cattle did your dad raise? Uh, we, he raised mostly Brummers and okay. Angus. Good cows. Yeah. Good eating cows good, there. Good beat cow. Um, when did the idea of taking a passion that you had, like cooking and barbecue especially, and did it start to click in your head I can do something with that and and actually help some people and and raise money for things. Actually, it was my wife. Really, we uh, we lived in Bider. We had a business, mm-hmm. and we were real active in uh, the church and several other things. And a young couple, uh, he was in an accident, cut his fingers off, and they were about to lose their vehicle. My wife said, "Why don't we do something?" She said, "You love to cook." She said, "Let's sell food mm-hmm. and raise money." Mm-hmm. And we did. And then it was somebody that their house burned down. And so we did. And it started from there, and it just it's turned into something we enjoyed doing. Wow. So that was Inviter. What year was that? Oh, God, that was 2004, maybe okay. 2005. Okay. 
So this isn't your first rodeo, pardon. No. <laughs> We've been doing this quite a while. That's awesome. Now, the the equipment, and we'll get into some of your equipment later, but are you still cooking on the same pit that you were back then? No, sir. I've, I've, I've bought and sold several. I've borrowed several. I've got one at the house that I still cook on that me and my son built when he was, oh, he was seven, eight years old. He'd come out and mm-hmm. help me. And... uh I got the itch to sell it, and my wife was having a fit. She said, you sell every one of them you build. So I sold it to my son for a dollar <laughs> when he was nine years old, and I still have that pit. Nice. It's his pit, but it's at my house. At your house. That's awesome. <clears throat> now, how, did, how, did, how many of that original crew still come out and cook with you, and how many of them are new that you've picked up from the Santa Fe area? Everybody but my wife. Everybody but your son. wife. Okay. How did how did y'all all come together? Harvey. I mean, I had a few that we were doing a few events before then, cook-offs and things like that. Mm-hmm. When Harvey hit, my house was flooded. You know, Santa Fe, most everything was flooded. Yeah. And uh, the Fraternal Order Eagles had a kitchen, and they didn't flood. And I had a couple of people stay up with me that were also members up there. I said, you know what? I said, I have extra food in the freezer. I said, let's start cooking, and let's feed some people. And it started real small, and then the word got out, and it, it was astounding. And we had people that came in and helped, and a lot of them are the crew members now. Wow. But, yeah, it, it was one of the hardest things during that time. I had a lady come in, and I, and I don't do crying women very well, but she stood at the door, and she was just crying. And I told my wife, I said, go see if you can help her. This lady was 67 years old, mm-hmm. had never asked for a meal from anybody in her life, and she hadn't eaten in two days. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, things like that, it just, it, it bonded us together. Sure, sure. And, you know, that was, that was a, a scary time for this, for this city. I mean, I sat through the influx of, of people coming <clears throat> from New Orleans after Katrina. Our church hosted a lot of people, and... You know, it was it was satisfying for my soul just to cook for them. And that was before I'd ever considered this as a career. I was still in sales, uh, but I I happened to be home for a couple of weeks and was able to cook for them, and that just filled my soul to to be able to give somebody a, a good meal that made them happy. Uh, probably part of what ended up pushing me to go it's time to retire and go do something I love rather than do something that just makes me money. But as we went through and we went through Ike a few years later and, you know, skirted Rita a little bit, you know, the city experienced some of that, but it wasn't until Harvey that we really saw massive damage here and how this city came together with people just reaching out any way they could through a meal, through a place to stay, was heartwarming. So I can I can appreciate how that could hit you because we saw a lot of that too. We went through that with Rita. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually were living in the Golden Triangle. Okay, okay. And I did the same. I pulled a pit out. We started emptying freezers because we had no power. Right. And we were cooking, and we actually took my tractor out, and we started cutting into some of the neighborhoods because we knew there were people in there. Mm-hmm. We were cutting trees, getting in, and we were finding people, and they were in a panic, food going bad in the freezers. We just brought it to the house, and we would cook constantly, exactly. take the food back to them. Once it was cooked, they could survive for a few days. Yeah, 
I cooked more turkeys. Every little old lady in <laughs> Bider had 10 turkeys in their freezer. <laughs> I got to get them while they're on sale. Oh, they did. And we, we cooked turkeys and we cooked turkeys. But we did that then, and, and it was a blast uh, just to be able to help the, yeah. the electrical crews. I knew several of them from organizations we were involved in, and they would come by and stop for a meal, and then they had their travelers. They were coming by because none of the restaurants were open. Sure. And so we had a pit going constantly feeding everybody. Yeah. Um, I know you did an event on the 22nd. You and I were talking about it a little bit before uh, for, for Team JoJo. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with that. How, what did you cook? Um, how did the event go? Well, JoJo is, is Joanna Haithcote Richard. She, uh, she's like a daughter to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's about a little older than one of my, my oldest daughter. But she's just, her and her husband have been like family to me since I moved into this area back in 05, 06. Okay. And uh, when she came to me in September and told me what she had, it devastated me. But I was on a turnaround at the time, so we waited till after the first of the year and we started planning. And we served what we call porkalicious burgers. It's my own recipe. We grind our own meat. Any, any okay. type of hamburgers or anything, we grind our own meat. We make our own sausage, things like that. So... I come up with a recipe. We had done it one time before. It's ground pork, and then we add seasonings, jalapenos, onions, everything. And these burgers just, I mean, when you bite into them, they run down your arms. Oh, and, yes. And, you know, good third-pound patty. Yeah. And they go over real well. So we did our porkalicious burgers, and then I've been playing with uh, a chicken and honey mustard sauce that we put on pita. Mm. And uh, with lettuce and tomato, and those went over real well. And then Cajun chips. I played with them. I changed vessels of cooking them. Finally, we got the right vessel and the right shed. They come out crunchy, got a snap to them. And we had people come and saying they would buy just the chips and nothing else if that's the way we would sell them. So <laughs> we, we did real good. We raised some money. We had a great auction. We had a great turnout. And we were able to raise and turn over to her right at $17,000. That is a phenomenal and sum of money. Just, just to see the relief on her face made all the work worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. That. Uh, that's a heartwarming feeling that unless you've ever actually had the opportunity to do it, you just can't, you can't really imagine how that warms your heart to feel that way. It does that. Um, now you had mentioned cook-offs. Is that how it kind of all got started? You were doing some competitive stuff. I've done competitive cooking for the last 20, 25 years and I've done it for fun my uh, stepbrother was big into it, and I got into it. Me and him would compete against each other. I had several friends, and it was always where I come from. It was a fun thing. We jugged on each other you know, mm-hmm. before the cook-off. You might burn some meat and tell them, hey, this is what I turned in. You know, just <laughs> We had fun with it. Sure. And then I moved down here, and it's a lot serious, your competition down here. Yeah. And we got into it. We have fun. We, we've got several trophies. Awesome. Uh, We've got some good recipes. I've got some great guys behind me that do the cooking nowadays. I do most of the politicking mm-hmm. and walking around talking to people. But uh, they've stepped up, and they're doing great. And it's just it's something we enjoy, but we are at a point right now we're having to step back from a lot of the cook-offs because we are involved in other events. Right, right. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a give-take. Now, I know you do a lot of fundraising and charity-type work. How do most of these people find you and and get in touch with you? We have a website, captainq.org. Okay. <clears throat> uh, we're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. 
but most of the people I come in contact with, uh, we we run into. Just yesterday, we were out on Sundays. I kind of go out and network and talk to business owners, things like that. Mm-hmm. And we stopped in at a, a bar that's been open for about a year, and we were talking to the owner of it about using their venue to do some events. And we got to talking, and she has not paid herself in a year. Oh, wow. She's lost her vehicle, several other things that she's gotten rid of to sacrifice to keep her business going and keep her employees working. So my next fundraiser is her. When's that going to be? We have a set of date. She's got to look at her calendar in May. Okay. But like I told her, I said, it's not for her bar. I said, this is for you. Mm-hmm. And she broke down, and she said, I hadn't even had, a, had to cut my own hair. And so, you know, it just... I don't know. I've had people tell me people just find me. Mm-hmm. We were in a Seven Eleven here a while back, and a young lady, same circumstance, breast cancer, and we gave them a card, told them if they ever need us, give us a call. And you know, we don't. It's not just people we know. It's just whoever needs. Yeah. Now you had mentioned the porkalicious burgers and grinding your own sausage. What are a couple of the dishes that you personally are most proud of that you do? Our gumbo was one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up where I grew up. Gumbo was God. And, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, we here while back did a bit, and I did my style, and yeah, we didn't place, but it was what we liked. It it was outstanding. Everybody that ate it enjoyed it, and and that's you know that's more praise than a trophy. Sure, trophies go on the wall; they collect dust. But I I tend to stick with a lot of Cajun dishes. I do a pastelaya that you mm-hmm. know everybody. We did it last year at Galveston County. Everybody loved it. They had never heard of it around here. But uh, so for just, our listener, for our listeners who aren't from from this area, what all's in that? Basically, it's a jambalaya, okay. but it's made with pasta instead of rice. Okay, it's a, as a little to me, it's a little juicier, mm-hmm. and it, you, you big chunks of uh, pork, chunks of chicken. I mean, you can use sausage, you can use seafood with it. Right. I usually do a pork and chicken, but a uh, real hearty dish. But the flavors are just you know. Down home, Louisiana. Right, right. Now, when I when I do roux, I start out fifty fifty with my flour and my my oil on there. But I start out by weighing it, not just measuring it in a cup, because it's going to balance out a little different. And that was a trick that I found worked really well uh, for getting that perfect kind of roux. Do you have any tricks for roux that you would be willing to share? One, I like to use bacon grease. Yeah, yeah. And two, I just listen to the voices in my head and tell me when it's enough. Right, right. I mean, when we did that one the other day, we cooked 15 gallons of gumbo. Mm-hmm. 15 gallons of gumbo takes about a gallon of roux to make it good and thick like I want it. Right. And I started with a half gallon of the bacon grease and then the flour. I just kept adding until I, I got the consistency. Until you got it right. And it, it's just a feel and a look. Just a feel and look. My yeah. kids get on me all the time because I don't write recipes down. But <laughs> I yeah. just, my grandmother, both my grandmothers wrote me recipes, and I will make them, and I'll go, okay, they forgot to write something down. Or what? one of my grandmothers used the word tinch very often, and I'm going, okay, is that more than a pinch or less than a Pinch. That's a tight pinch. <laughs> so, yeah, I've never been able to get that recipe to be as good as my memory says it was when she made it. Because, and it, it was a pancake recipe. It was nothing fancy, 
but I can remember from the time I was old enough to stand on a stool. Uh, she she didn't believe in electric appliances, so she had an old-fashioned hand crank mixer uh, beater. Then that was my job was to stand there and to beat the eggs with that little hand crank uh, thing, and then as she would add stuff in to to move it around and get it done, that was my way of helping out. But um, so I've I've honestly been around the kitchen most of my life, and much like your family, it was always the center of everything. Uh, so it just made sense that every major family event had to be food driven by what was going on. Um, what are some of your favorite things to cook? You've mentioned Cajun. We've talked about barbecue, but you've, you've done some fusion here with putting some pasta and stuff. Yeah, we, we played with several different recipes. Uh, I like steak. Mm-hmm. I mean, a good, you can't not replace a good steak for anything. Uh, pasta dishes. I've done several. My wife is from Italian background. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about childhood memories, she, her, aunt cooked the best supposedly in her mind meatballs and a sugar sauce it was a tomato based sauce but they call it the sugar sauce okay i have tried and tried to replicate and finally told her i said you know i I don't think it's the meatballs you're missing as much as the memories kind of like you're talking about with your grandmother Mm -hmm. you can't replace those memories no matter the food may be 10 times as good but it's the memory that makes it taste better exactly Exactly. I have for 20 years tried to get the right meatball recipe for this, and I've tried veal, <laughs> I've pork, lamb, everything to get this right. And I just, it's never, it's, she's like, it's good, but it's not the same. Right. And like I said, I think you miss the memories on things like that. Well, sure. You know, I've got, I've actually got her old waffle iron. The family history says <clears throat> that in the, the 1920s, at some point for about two years, she had a small little restaurant. And she had this really unique waffle iron, and it made waffles that looked like little canoes, about the length of a hot dog bun. But you'd put your batter in there, close the lid, and it would create this little hollowed-out spot that looked like a canoe, which was perfect for putting butter and syrup in. Um, And actually, as a kid growing up, we always just called them boat waffles because that's what they look like the the electric cord on that machine has died and i've got to get it to an appliance store to see if i can get that rebuilt because while the recipe is solid there's something about when they come off of that machine that they taste better than any other waffle machine that that i do it on and it's like you say it's the memory more than anything else i know that the waffle machine isn't any different it heats up. It's a piece of metal. You squish it. It cooks. It's you know. It's a waffle. The batter is the same. That batter is close to a hundred years old now. The only change that I made to it was I added a splash of vanilla to it. Uh, but you're you're right. There there's that that memory that goes with it. So, okay, you and the team were located in Santa Fe, right? In Santa Fe. Okay. Our, our team is an eclectic group. I mean, I've got an engineer okay. that overthinks everything we do, but, you know, <laughs> he's, he's, he's one of my heart and soul. I've got uh, electricians. I have mechanics. I have welders. Mm-hmm. And then our ladies, they are so awesome, especially benefit time. They jump in. 
when it's you know auctions things like that we tend to food they tend to that and, and it's just a great mix i mean I, I couldn't ask for a better crew of people to stand behind me how many are you total We're roughly right at 20 okay now are all 20 of you showing up at most of the events or is it just kind of depends on when the event is and who's available when it is and who's available our, okay. our first philosophy family and work come first because, right you know that's these are sidelines that we do but there's always enough of us that we can get it done right right um how does someone get in contact with you uh that's here in the show now is facebook the best way is facebook we're on facebook captain q okay and captain q and the crew at facebook we have a uh, page set up there has a blue logo on it right then we also uh like i said we have our website and it is uh captain with a letter q okay uh dot org okay uh those are the two easiest ways or they could call me on my phone okay uh, my phone number i can give it to you it's, sure if you want if you feel comfortable giving it out on air yeah it's 409-659-1315 and what is the perfect type of event you're you're hoping to find for someone uh, there, there is no perfect event okay i mean it, any event we do be it if it's just a small fundraiser and we help somebody or if mm-hmm. it's a large fundraiser and we help somebody you know i was raised on that philosophy we never stand our tallest until we kneel to help another I and love every that. time we help that's what means the most what um is there a minimum or a maximum number that you can work with given the equipment that you've got i haven't found it yet okay because I've got more equipment at access. Okay. We did a bit of, or, yeah, it was a benefit the other day of pork butts. Mm-hmm. I could have fired up my two pits, but I called a friend of mine and he showed up with a rotisserie pit. Nice. And we loaded all 68 pork butts on it, turned it on and went to cooking. Nice. So I have friends that, in the community that back me on just about anything. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now are you doing bone in or bone out on those shoulders? Bone in. Bone in. And we're fixing to do it again. We did that for New Year's. We cooked them on the 31st. People mm-hmm. picked them up. That way they had them for their New Year's party or mm-hmm. for the next day, whichever. Right. We're fixing to do that again for Easter because we had such a big response. So Nice. We're going to do it the day before Easter. That way you can have it for your Easter celebration or whatever you need. So when do they need to pre-order those? They need to pre-order. We, we're fixed to get the information out, but uh, we will stop the week before, which is the third i believe of april i think that's right yeah. yeah that'll be the cutoff that way it gives us time to prep so that will be our last day of taking orders okay say, when all else fails consult yeah. the the almighty oracle phone here uh let's see easter sunday is yeah. the 13th the, so the fifth the, the fifth okay the fifth will be the last day to take reservation okay so they can either do that on Facebook, they can do that off of email or uh, the website, or they can call you direct. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, is this all cash, or will you take credit cards as well? We're set up credit cards awesome. or cash. Awesome. Um, now, what do you do as far as sourcing raw materials? I, I know a lot of the stuff that I do just comes through gordon's or you know cisco 
things like that. Where are you sourcing your meats? We're not that big. We go to H-E-B. Okay. Uh, the H-E-Bs I found have freshest meat. I mean, there's other grocery stores, and we do buy at other grocery stores, but when it comes to meat purchases, most of the time I'm at H-E-B. Good butchers there. Yes, sir. I've, I've, I've had an opportunity to get to know a bunch of those guys. And, and I'm not affiliated with them. I wasn't doing a commercial for them. No, no. <laughs> I, I, uh, after Ike came through, it really hurt our business for a couple of years there. And I did work at H-E-B for a couple of years and got to know a bunch of the butchers there. And those guys run a class meat market over there. So as a former employee, yeah, I'm, I'm giving them a plug there. So I'm glad to hear that, that you see that as well. Now, what about vegetables, things like that? A lot of times I go to Froberg's and Alvin. Yeah, we do, love that place. We're doing big events and I need lots of vegetables because yeah. I can call them three or four days ahead of time and they have me boxes of fresh vegetables right right, right. i'm not sorting through trying to pick at the grocery store right so, but yeah froberg is usually who i reach out to that's a fantastic family they've been in alvin there for seems like forever and uh really most of the time really quality produce over there as well yes it is and uh you know i personally i love taking the grandkids out there and letting them pick strawberries during strawberry season which it is strawberry season by the way so yes it is <laughs> if you're looking for something to do on the weekend with the kids take them out to froberg's and alvin and pick some strawberries your grandkids will absolutely love the fact that they could pick them and then eat them on the way home or turn them into something when you get home it'll be one of those experiences that they will always remember so um now you you were talking earlier about grinding your own sausage and and your your patties that you were doing for your burgers are you the primary recipe guy or does your whole team have input into what the recipes are everybody has input okay i mean i come up with the basic recipes okay and then we'll try it and then okay well maybe we need to put this in or maybe we need to put that mm-hmm. i listen to everybody's suggestions then we do it. we just done some salsa and the first run everybody's like well needs a little of this needs a little of that and we changed it and now it's awesome you know uh i did a salsa verde like we talk about not writing recipes i did it by myself nobody was around and i have no idea what i put in <laughs> man it is off the hook i yeah. mean everybody that's ate it's a band that is that's to die for yeah i don't know the recipe <laughs> it's gonna be another day of playing to try to different you know? i hate when i do that because i've done that <clears throat> with stuff around the house that is just my wife and i and we're going what are we going to do for dinner and i said i don't know what's in the fridge and we opened the fridge and just start going through the fridge going well that'll work and i can do something with that and next thing you know we've got a meal on the table and i'm going we did pretty good tonight and what did we do (laughs) i did that with my daughter when she was young Mm -hmm. and uh she she would throw ingredients at me and say now cook something i'd throw them back at her and i'm talking 12 13 years old yeah my daughters both my daughters are excellent cooks awesome both of them awesome um now what is the one signature dish that you guys have our one signature that we're known for is brisket brisket that the is one dish i don't eat but we are known for. <laughs> the uh the texas gods are crazy about brisket i mean this is for all the all the infusion of flavors that have come into this state beef still is king yes it is in in the state of texas and 
and brisket, a slow cooked brisket. Brisket brisket is still pretty much at the top of the heap next to a steak. So, you know, um, when you're doing brisket, are you using an Angus brisket or what are you what are you using? I got into cooking briskets through cook-offs. Mm-hmm. And the reason behind cook-offs, it was back when they first started, take a cheap piece of meat and turn it into something good. Right. I still buy the bargain basic briskets. And mm-hmm. people find that hard to believe because the competition now, everybody's using the Kobe, they're using the Angus, they're right. using Selects. Whatever they run on sale at HEB, that's what I grab. Awesome. The cheapest ones in the bag. What's the trick to finding a good brisket for, for those that are? It needs to be flexible. Uh-huh at least amount of fat that you can get mm-hmm. and like i said you got to be able to bend it right but okay. you still have to trim it i mean when you're buying the cheap ones you trim them how much do you trim off what what kind of a fat cap do you leave on there when... i trim more than most people would okay. and that's that's where a lot of people can't believe where i do with mine but i trim mine to almost nothing on the fat okay and uh, i use a sop with mine to keep it from drying out okay I sop every hour till I hit 165, and then it gets wrapped. Okay. And it's basically it. I mean, there's no magic to them. You just, it's, it's a love that goes in them. Sure, sure. Now, what kind of wood are you using most of the time? I use a blend of oak and pecan. Nice blend. Yep. Nice blend. That's, you know, we've, we've got so many, so many mesquite trees down here, and everybody thinks mesquite. And I'm going, not for a long smoke, because it's such a, heavy smoke Harsh. wood that it's great for a steak or a burger if you're just going to throw it on there and quick grills. you know quick grills but you know i know people that have done competitions with with mesquite and, and they don't they don't win because it's just too heavy with the smoke flavor that's a, that's a good blend you've got there and by the same token you put too much pecan you can turn your meat bitter true so. true you know, I love hickory um, with what I do. I love a lot of pecan, uh, especially if I'm doing pork. I'm into applewood or cherry wood, something like that. I was going to say with our sausage, I use a lot of a lot of fruit trees. Th- those fruit woods are, are yep. so good with pork. Um, now, do you get into fish as well? I, I've grilled some fish, but it's it's not a big thing that we do. Right. I'm, I'm, like I said, where I'm from, we fry our fish. So. Right, right. Uh, that's my method of choice for fish. But yeah. yes, I have grilled it. I do like grilled redfish. I've grilled salmon. You know, if it's seared and grilled just right, but most of the time we fry. Now, do you have the ability to do fried fish? Yes, sir. Awesome. Yes, sir. awesome. So if if somebody's looking for you to come and, and help with an event, they could do how many options there? So far, we've talked about burgers. We've talked about barbecue. Now we've talked about doing some sort of a fish fry how many other options can we, can can we look at gumbos we do crawfish uh we've got the big cookers for crawfish we got i've got an 18 gallon cast iron pot that i can cook anything in okay i mean we've cooked chicken and dumplings in it we've cooked pasta in it i mean jambalayas it's yeah but we got a wide range I mean, yeah we are we are in crawfish season right now we are i had crawfish last night nice nice i love to take those tails and do stuff with them other than just popping them um the nice etouffee you can't go wrong with those but one of my most fun memories was uh i'm i'm very blessed that i have an affiliation with a veterans organization Um, and we do all of their health retreats uh we're bringing in guys with 
post-traumatic stress and working with them. Um, and somebody donated a crawfish boil one night. They told us they were bringing barbecue. So everybody said, why don't y'all take the night off and go just make us a dessert. So we'd made an apple cobbler and stuck it in the oven as everything came up and found out we had a crawfish boil instead. Now I got a house full of Yankees there and they're going, what are we going to do with these little lobsters? And I said, okay, number one, they're crawfish. (laughs) But number two, uh, you just pop the tails and eat them. And I said, if you're feeling really bold, you know, suck the heads because there's great flavor up in in there. Where the flavor's at, you know. And they're going, I don't know about that. So anyway, I had to teach them how to pop, pop a crawfish and squeeze, you know, squeeze the tail uh, to get the meat out of it. But they said we're not going to do this all night long. So ended up that night. I said, if y'all will peel me about six pounds, I'll make dinner for you guys. So I ran up to the to the local store, picked up a few things. That night we ended up doing crawfish beignets with a nice remoulade sauce. We took the potatoes uh, out of there and the andouille out of there and did a, a potato and andouille clear soup. Uh, we did crawfish etouffee over rice uh, for the main entree. Uh, took some of the corn and mixed it with some onions and bell peppers and zucchini squash and made kind of a mock shoe uh, out of there. Now, we didn't throw tomatoes and cream in it. We kept it a little cleaner, trying to keep keep it a little healthier. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was, that was actually a really fun night for me. We, we still talk about it down there, talking about that, the night we did Iron Chef crawfish boil. Uh, but that was, that was a fun night. But that food is food that comes from such a loving place because you gotta make rouge you gotta take some time to do it and you know so for you to go out and do things like that i mean that that speaks volumes for the love that your team has for the people that you're working with that they do that they do um i want to talk i want to switch gears for for a few minutes talk about some of the the food holidays that we've got uh, this week. You know, every day of the year is some sort of a s- food holiday. Uh, March the 2nd, which is today, is National Banana Cream Pie Day. Do you, do you do, have the ability to do pies and things like that also, or do you typically do those in advance and just bring them? We would do them in advance and bring them. Okay. One of my ladies does a uh, bread pudding. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And the bourbon sauce with it? Oh. I could make myself sick eating uh-huh. You Next time we do this, you're going to have to bring me a sample because that's one of my favorite things is a good bread pudding. Oh, she does an awesome one. Um, now, tomorrow is National <clears throat> National Cold Cuts Day. You got a favorite kind of cold cut? I prefer ham. Ham. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. One of those things I remember from my childhood was my dad – we had a, a a little meat market close to us, and my dad got really buddy buddy with the the guy who owned it. And every once in a while, he'd come home with a a big old hunk of bologna, and he would take it out and he'd smoke that bologna. And oh, those were the best bologna sandwiches ever. Uh, so you know, when I think of cold cuts, I remember my dad smoked bologna uh, first and foremost before anything else. 
We grew up on bologna, like mm-hmm. you're talking about fried, smoked, everything. <laughs> when I was in the Marine Corps, we'd go on detachments, and we we worked, but yet we partied. So when we got there, I would buy two weeks' worth of bologna, and that's what I would eat for two weeks. Yeah. And to this day, I cannot eat bologna. <laughs> my son loves it, and my wife would buy it for him. I was like, I don't even know why that stuff's in the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah I burnt myself out. I can, I can imagine. Now, on uh, the 4th, it is National Pound Cake Day and National Snack Day. You got a favorite snack, favorite go-to snack? Be chocolate almonds. Chocolate almonds. Yep. Little brain food with there. A little bit of heaven around them. Oh sure. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're dipping them in dark chocolate, it's all brain food. So, <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of those things that I was as I researched. What do you feed a guy with a with a traumatic brain injury? Uh, even if it's just a mild traumatic brain injury, what are things to feed them? Dark chocolate is one of those things that are really good for the brain, and almonds are really good for the brain. So a dark chocolate-covered almond must be fantastic for your brain. There you go. <laughs> at least that's the way I look at things. Uh, the fifth is National Cheese Doodle Day. Got any any cheese doodle recipe? No cheese doodles. No, no cheese Love doodles. cheese, but no cheese doodles. Yeah, that, that one's kind of a mystery for me, too. Yeah. Now, the next one, though, on the sixth, this is one that I can truly wrap my head around. We got three things we're going to celebrate. Frozen food day. I could, you know, I could care less about frozen the frozen part. But National Oreo Day. Oh yeah. That now, a big glass of whole milk. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, are you are you a a dunker in into the milk? I am a dunker all the way till oh. the fingers are covered. <laughs> I like that. Now, if you don't have a glass of milk, are you a are you twisting? I'm not a twister. Not a twister? Not a twister. <laughs> no. If yeah. I don't have milk, I know where the 7-Eleven is. Oh, there you go. There you go. Can't go wrong with a dunked Oreo. <clears throat> I'm, I'm a hot chocolate dunk Oreo dunker, but you know, cold milk will work just as good. And then National White Chocolate Cheesecake Day. That one. That one's a fun one. I've, yes. I, I've got a good recipe for that, so... Uh, that one's always been fun. Now, Saturday is National uh, Crown Roast of Pork Day. Have you ever done one of those in the pit? Never done one on the pit. I've done one in the oven. Yeah. Never done one on the pit. I, I've done one on a pit one time, and oh, it was amazing. Did you do it smoked or I did it smoked. I did it smoked. Um, I, I used apple wood with it with a little bit of cherry wood in there to keep those fruit flavors going and i didn't put a lot of smoke on it Uh, i used just a a lump charcoal for my primary fuel source because it didn't give off a lot of smoke and i would just use one log here and one log there to do it but oh it came out so nice and did it with this amazing mint sauce that went with it um that that one was fun but Saturday is also National Cereal Day. What's your go-to cereal? Mine is Special K with the raspberries, no, ah, strawberries. I like that. Yep. I like that. I'm I'm a I'm a grape nuts guy, but I gotta gotta have me some raisins in my grape nuts uh, there. And and I, I'm an oatmeal guy too, so I guess that counts as a cereal. Um, and then on Sunday the eighth is Peanut Cluster Day. 
I love me some peanut clusters. Yeah, sure. And again, you can you can take your your chocolate and <coughs> and mix those together. Um, what if, if you were going to have the perfect meal? You've already told me you love steak, but let, so let's start. Let's well, let me start this way. What's your favorite cut of steak? Is a ribeye. A ribeye. Yep. Um, that's that's it has a, to be a well marbled ribeye. Yeah. That you can't go wrong with one of those. So, what would your perfect d- ribeye dinner consist of? Steak, lobster, grilled asparagus. Mm. That's that's a home run right there. Now, do you have any tricks for lobster? I mean, we we don't grow up with those fresh out of the ocean down here. We got to wait for somebody to ship them down. Yeah, I, there is a, a Hong Kong market where you can actually buy live Atlantic lobster. Oh, okay. Uh, we went there, and I bought mine, believe it or not, with Cajun season. Okay. Uh, I was in Maine, and I stayed right across the street for a week from a lobster shack. Mm-hmm. You know, we have barbecue shacks. They have right. lobster shacks right on the side of the road. Oh, sure, yeah. And I ate there every day, and I got to be friends with the owner. And I, I tried to convince him, hey, if you put some crawfish season in a pot, you would sell out. But that's just my recipe. <laughs> and that's the way I cook mine. I cook mine with the Cajun seasonings in a crawfish ball. And... Uh, Hot butter. Oh, nice. That works. You know, it's it's funny. I think about the fact that lobster is considered such a delicacy now. But for so many years, it was just a trash fish that they ate up there that only the, the quote-unquote poor fishermen ate because that's what they caught. And really, fishing families were about the only ones that ate it. And now it's such a delicacy. And I look at some of the things that we cook down here in the South that are the same way. You know, fajitas. Fajitas. That used uh, to be trash meat you could buy for pennies on a dollar. Mm-hmm. And now it's one of the most expensive meats. Yes, yes. Now, when you're doing fajitas, are you an inside or outside skirt? Inside. Inside? Inside skirt. I agree. That or a flank. Yep, yep. That's a good one, too. Have you ever cooked flat irons? Yes, I've cooked flat irons. I love a flat iron. Steak. I love a flat iron steak. I mean, next to a ribeye, that's probably my favorite steak. So, uh, I think we could eat together, <laughs> guys. We got a lot of stuff going on around town this week too. Uh, tomorrow, South Shore Travel will be hosting a wine tasting uh, over at uh, Total Wine. That's at six thirty. That is free. So come on out and test about four different kinds of wine learn a little bit about how to get you and your family out to hawaii or tahiti or some of those places Uh, also tomorrow uh, a little earlier in the day join uh mike ranger at presidio uh spirits as they're going to deliver one of their first business training and spirit uh tastings of 2020 this is event this is an event that will not only include some great training and building uh, for your business, but also an opportunity to taste some of the amazing spirits that Perseido uh, and their polishing process of what they're doing to, to bourbons, rice, gins, and vodkas. That starts at 4 o'clock uh, for the greeting and opening networking time. The spirits tasting will be from 4.30 to 5, and then from 5 to 6, there will be some talk about small business breakthroughs for 2020 and if you've never heard mike talk he's got a company called teach your business to fish uh all your 
all the time we're trying to figure out as business owners how do we reach out and grab new customers this is a gentleman that that has a great technique to teach you how to do that so this would be a fun event tickets are only 20 bucks so you can go through Presedo, uh and get those uh, or you can uh, go on to mike ranger on facebook or teach your business to fish and go back that way a couple of free networking events for you that are going to involve food bay area referral network or barn uh, meets tuesdays at spring creek barbecue at eleven thirty. that's uh, no cost to come other than just the cost of a meal uh, there and it'll put you in touch with some of the area's best small business owners uh, looking to network and grow businesses and pass your information on Wednesday, also, uh, New Horizons Lunch Bunch meets at the same location, Spring Creek Barbecue in League City, uh, also 1130. Uh, for those of you who are cook-off fans, we've got several that are coming up here you need to mark your calendar for. March the 6th and 7th, the Dickinson Barbecue Cook-Off is going to happen. March 7th, there's a pop-up market going to be at Baybrook Mall from 11 to 3. So for those of you looking for some you know garden uh fresh type vegetables straight out of the garden or some local small vendors uh that are doing some some really cool salsas and things like that these are great events to go to uh if you're looking for another networking event uh morning owl four at java owl from seven to nine a.m on march the 13th Denise Nelms will be a part of that, and the Clear Lake Today uh, podcast network is also a major part of that. So come on out and maybe meet a few of the on-air personalities. And then March the 27th through 29th, uh, the Alvin Music Festival and Cook-Off will be going on. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, there's there's some a lot of other stuff popping up here in April and May that you need to start marking weekends for may 1st the league city music festival will be going on uh april the 11th over at stanfield properties they've got a food truck event that's going to be a whole lot of fun so that's that's going to be a lot of fun for those of you who are looking for free food things to do in the area now ron do you have anything committed on the books right now that we can come and taste some of your food uh well this weekend on saturday at the hitchcock post uh my wife and tina Kinchaba, one of our members mm-hmm. the one that keeps me in line most of the time <laughs> they're going to be selling our peanut brittle and our sauces okay and i believe we're going to do some uh caramel pecan cheesecake slices nice they have a chili cook-off going but we registered as a vendor instead of in the cook-off right and then on May 17th, Santa Fe does a uh, community potluck. Mm-hmm. And we cook for it back in December, and they have requested us to do the May event. So we'll be cooking out there in May. It's a free meal. Anybody want to come out? It's just like an old-style old church picnic. Everybody brings a little bit. Great. Everybody sits around, eats, enjoys. They have activities for the kids, things like that. So A week or two before those, if you'll send me a reminder, I'll be sure and mention them okay. uh, in the show here so that everybody can uh, – come by and and visit anything else on the menu uh not right now we have a fundraiser in may but the date is not set okay uh i don't want to give anything away because i don't know the date on it okay 
And other than that, we, we're kind of slowing down. We have an event with Galveston County. We uh, sponsor one night in the hospitality room. Mm-hmm. So we'll be doing that. But that's a, a closed loop thing for for uh, sponsors out there. Okay. But uh, right now, we're just kind of kind of coasting. We've had a busy end of the year last year. The first of the year was busy. So I fixed to go to Cancun, me and about six others on the team. And Very nice. For a few days. and come back and get recharged and that, ready to go again that'll be fun so tell our listeners again if we want to get in touch with you about hosting an event how do we re- how's the best way for us to reach out to you we're on facebook at captain q and the crew has a blue logo on it we're also on the web at captain with a q behind it dot org and actually you could do a google search for captain q and the crew and it, it'll bring up the website and my phone number is 409-659-1315. Ron, I appreciate you coming by, talking a little barbecue, and joining me around the table today. Um, before we go, I'd just like to say thank all of you for tuning in today, joining me around the table as well. For all my Norwegian family uh, over there, I saw you got snow today, yesterday, so uh, y'all stay warm in, in a great big Hilson Thra, Texas from all your Texas cousins over here and for all my lone survivor friends and family. Uh, I'm going to see a bunch of you this weekend, but mama chef and papa chef are always going to have your six. We love you guys. If you want to continue the conversation, I invite you to join me and follow me on the Facebook page, pots, pans, and Pat. Thanks for listening today. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.